Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to listen to the Weld.com podcast. Today, I have with me Lynette Key. She is one of our guest hosts on Weld.com. She's been making some episodes for us, and you guys are going to be seeing her soon. So, Lynette, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and also like what you do for a living? Okay, my name is Lynette Key. Uh, I am a welder uh, slash fabricator. Uh, right now, I work for myself um, with a business called Wanda Welding LLC, and I just kind of, right now, I'm trying to focus on getting my equipment and my trucks together so I can kind of contract out with more uh, women who might need more help trying to find jobs with welding. Okay. So what actually inspired you to become a welder? Because how long have you been welding? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've been welding, uh, I believe, four years now. Okay. And then how did you, like, get into that? So um, as far as, like, the course, like, you had told us that you took a course, and it was just a few weeks long, right, the first course that you took? Yes, ma'am. Uh, so, How did you even find that course? Like, what even sparked your interest to go pursue that? Oh, uh, well... First off, I'm more of a hands-on person, uh, like fitness, and I uh, used to work in a warehouse and things of that nature. Um, but I was at the time I was at the library trying to research uh, marketing and things of that nature uh, to try to grow my business more. And as I was going towards the restroom on the bulletin board, there was a poster for Career Source saying that they um, offer training um, as an educational training. For different trades and my thing is usually when you see bulletin boards and posters like that usually they have an age criteria where it's like 18 to 30 or 18 to 24 and usually I'm too old for these programs especially if it's free but I noticed that it was like for all ages and you know they put on there it was like soldering and I think it was construction and I believe I saw welding and the thing is I believe I went into welding because I guess it was something different it was, I feel like I wanted a trade that I hadn't heard a lot about, and I feel like a lot of people don't do, and it was something that I felt like would be interesting. Um, a lot of times, I think people focus more on their trades, more about money, instead of the idea if they're going to even actually enjoy what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I end up um, going to Career Source, and they had a list of things, actually, different, like two pages of different you know, educational programs you can go through or even different trades, you know, the lady was like, would you like to do healthcare instead? And, you know, I just decided I was going to stick to welding. I like using my hands. I feel like it was building things and, you know, it's a unique trade. And when I went ahead and went to the course, I was the only woman there at all. <laughs> and they gave us an interest test to this welding class to see, you know, just if we had any educational background on it at all. And I failed it. I mean, I had like a 50 or a 60 something. It was, it was terrible. I had no clue <laughs> what they were talking about. But when I finally got within the class and started actually welding, which I don't know, it was just something about, I guess, melting that metal together or idea that you can build up on something. It sparked an interest in me. And, you know, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, if you're a type of person who likes to build things or drive around, say, hey, I've had my hands on that. Or the idea that when I'm long gone, you know, some of my work will still be here. I mean, it's an awesome feeling. So after that first class, like when you actually got to weld, what was your first thoughts? Like when you left, like what were you thinking? 
honestly, I was like, that was cool as hell. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I don't know, just the spark of the, I guess, the orange color of the flame or the idea of something in your hand, just you hit it correctly and you're putting these metals and you, like, you can build anything dealing with metal when you're welding. So it just was, I don't know, it was just, it was awesome. Like, I understand all the dangers of it, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a really hands-on, I like to build stuff type person. And I just thought it was so cool and unique. You know, I didn't, I had never even heard of welding before. This week's presenting sponsor is Como Caps. They're a family-owned business based in Louisiana, and they're well-known for their welder's caps. They take a lot of pride in inspecting every cap twice before it ships from their facility, and they also do a lot of market research to create new designs to include in their assorted bundles. Our hosts so far have loved the fit and the style, and right now we actually have an exclusive coupon code for you to use at checkout. If you go to www.comocaps, it's C-O-M-E-A-U-X-C-A-P-S dot com and use our code WELD10 at checkout, you'll save 10%. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the way that we actually found you, I saw you somewhere online and I saw that you were on a TV show. Uh, You were on season one on Tough as Nails, which was on CBS. So can you tell everybody like a little bit about that show for people who may not have seen it before? Like what it was about and how did you even get on there? Like where were you at that that you ended up being, you know, one of the contestants. Okay. Uh, well, Tough as Nails is a, a, a blue collar competition. It takes different blue collar workers um, and, from, and we're going to say nurses also, nurses, you know, um, firefighters, um, um, pipe layers, welders, fishermen, fishwomen, police officers, etc. They take different people, uh, blue collar workers, and they put them in different blue collar settings that you're not used to. So if you're a firefighter, you know, you're not used to building uh, a house or putting down brick. And basically the competition is based on putting different blue collar workers in different settings and see how well we do and win money at the end. Um, Tough as nails was, um, wow. They found me, I guess, in a unique way. I'm not exactly sure how, but I got a DM from Phil Kogan, who is the host over the class, uh, uh, excuse me, was a host over the TV show and said he noticed that I was a welder and he wanted me to put in an application for a blue collar show that they were doing. I had like 300 (laughs) friends on there and I really didn't post a lot about me welding. I was working at a a recycling yard at the time and, you know, I wasn't exactly sure, but then my manager was nice enough to take a couple pictures of me welding. So I was able to put it up on my social media. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Honestly, I didn't think it was serious. You know, I didn't think it was, they were really serious, but I noticed that they had a blue check behind the name and you know, I researched who Phil Kogan was. Yes, and of course, you're like, who are you? <laughs> right. And then, Keegan, excuse me, but um, yeah. And then I saw that, wow, he was a real person. So, you know, I was like, you know, I might not have been a welder for many years, but I feel like I do a doggone good job and the company that I work for feels like I do a really great job. Why not, why not take that chance and fill out the application? And when I did, it's kind of 
history in the making. You know, they, they took me in and we had to do a lot of burpees and <laughs> we had to do a lot of tests and things of that nature to get on the show. And, you know, after doing plenty more applications, paperwork and testing, and we end up flying to California and, and I end up being on the competition season one. So what were the different things that you got to do? So you went on as a welder and then what was like your first like competition, like challenge? Uh, first challenge was wheelbarrowing, barreling cement um, on a plank or, or wood plank, uh, wood planks okay. and a weird, really weird type of um, <laughs> obstacle type environment. And if you fall over in the mud, and your cement fall over, then you have to start all over again. You basically had to build up a cement pallet at the end while you're trying to swiftly go across this slender plank <laughs> with the wheelbarrow with as many cement bags in the wheelbarrow as you can. So, you know, if you can get only one in, you're going to go a whole bunch of times. But if you can get two or three in, but the problem is if you get that third one not adjusted on there correctly while you're trying to go through, you're going to end up tipping it over. So, and I was working in steel toe boots and a whole welding uniform. So it was a lot. So you wore your uniform like the whole time, like when you would go do like other challenges, like did you yes. move on throughout the competition? Like, so how many episodes was it like an elimination type thing or did you go like through the whole, whole series? So what's great about Toughest Nails is it was basically supposed to be a different situation where um, people don't actually get eliminated you have an individual challenge and you have a group challenge. And as a group challenge, you continue to stay forth, but you can get eliminated uh, as an individual, which was really different from a lot of shows mm -hmm. because it, it showed how you can have camaraderie and um, be part of a family setting with your group part, but also cheer for someone else, even though they're going against you in a, and right after you just, you know, <laughs> came together as a family. Uh -huh. So that made it really weird. Um, in the beginning because you know you sometimes it's hard to turn off the idea that's my competition and the idea this is my uh the, my mate who might need my hand and hand up in a competition also if that makes sense <laughs> yeah that makes perfect sense that's really interesting so whenever you left the show you had now so you had been a welder for a couple years at that point then right yes Okay, so as far as being a woman, you know, in the industry and, you know, this being like a male-dominated industry, I think as women, we try and get away from, you know, like, like I'm a woman, you know, in a man's world, blah, blah, blah. I think that you and I and, you know, a lot of women that I talk to are more about that's not really what matters. What matters is you know, the skill set that you have, your work ethic, you know, that you're willing to show up, you're willing to work hard, and it shouldn't matter whether you are a female or a male, but obviously we still have, you know, some things that we face as women that we have to fight harder to get, you know, the same opportunities and things like that. What's your perspective on, on that? Well, I think that as, um, as you said, that's correct when it comes down to uh, worrying about the gender roles. I think we shouldn't have to worry about those things. I understand that as a man, that, that they have uh, more strength, especially upper body strength than most women have. And they feel like sometimes, you know, different scenarios of jobs, especially like blue collar jobs, 
that a woman isn't strong enough or that they might have to help them and slow things down. Um, Cause I've had this conversation before, but my thing is a difference is, Hey, you might can pick up this box with your hands, but the only difference is I'm going to get something else to pick it up, but it's going to get picked up. You understand what I'm saying? So the thing is the only difference is it might get done a little bit differently, but it's going to get done. And by you picking up that box, you can hurt your back quicker while I can sit up here and put this on the machine as long as I possibly want to. Stop worrying about the differences if it's not a negative. No one's the same. Just approach every situation and, and see the good in every situation. From my understanding, <laughs> I know you might get a lot of slack for this, but women are doggone good well just because we pay a lot of attention to details. Mm -hmm. uh, I my coworker that I worked with, he says I was one of the best uh, workers that he's ever worked with because it was little details as a woman that he enjoyed working with me as and we're welding together and he's welding, it's hot outside. When he flips up their welding shield, I, I'm there to take the welding rod from him, but here you go, some Gatorade, because I don't have time for you to pass out on me. And he's uh -huh. like, see, that's a woman thinking right there. You know what I mean? So, right. like, the nurturing kind of thing, but it's also that you're you're there to like, I don't know, there is something, but you're not going to get slack for that because it's a common thing. And I've had many men say that, that women make excellent TIG welders because of their dexterity, because like of like, usually they do have like more petite hands, they're more steady. They do have that definition, like the attention to detail and things like that. And I think like being nurturing and just like looking out for everybody, like kind of like a family, you know, like you have a work family. And as a woman, like when you go to work, like you like want everybody to like do their job and you want everybody to be okay when they're there. So that's, right. that's funny that you said that you would make sure that he was hydrated. <laughs> right. We you know, at the same time, I've heard complaints where, oh, she won't be able to pick this up and stuff like that. Like every guy that I know is not always strong. And I've been able to pick up some things that some guys have not been able to. It's like, just stop trying to focus on things that you feel like might be a negative or even is a negative. That might not even have anything to do with gender. It's just like, worry about the job. Do we get along? Do they get it done? Do the wells break? Is it safe? Does it look good? Let's do this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want to pay attention more to. Like just talking about it because like we were, we had um, a couple guests like on videos a couple months ago and we were, you know, promoting women in welding. I think it was April was like women's history month. And I had promoted, you know, women welders. And there were so many comments by people like, just like stop with the gender thing. Like it doesn't matter. Like just focus on like, if they're a good welder. And I was like, you know what? That was like really eye opening for me. I was like, yes. I was like, let's do that. Like I wish everybody would do that because then it would it would stop the problem. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. Like I wish more people thought that way. So whenever, um, you started your business and that's like to help like other women, like get involved, like if they want to, are you, do you hire only like women who are already trained as welders or do you like refer them to where to go to get training and then they can come work with you and like you can help them get jobs or like what exactly do you do in your business well contracting out welding uh welders and not just women because we just got to say about the gender oh, okay. more yeah. or less about being in a comfortable environment understand that it's going to be 
women there. So, you know, be understanding of it's basically a unisex situation or not. So I'm trying to make it a more comfortable environment because in actuality, regardless of that we want, it's seen as though it's, you know, neutral across the platform. It's definitely not, especially as, you know, welders. So, um, but I contract welders out for different jobs, you know, um, we get hired for a job, be able to get people who might not be able to go into a, a bigger job uh, for us or might have different problems there. They can come work as a contract worker and we get the job done and then we try to move forward with different contracts and things of that nature. Okay, that makes sense. So how do you market that business? Do you... <laughs> you just do you have like social media and do you try and market it that way or how do you end up like trying to find work well definitely we uh go on linkedin and then i also can go on career um monster and things of that nature and try to get different candidates right now i've had to slow down because i have two different welding machines but i would like to get bigger ones and um i need to get bigger trucks so right now i'm still working with trying to work with different people i don't want to throw out any names of different companies that I'm working at with right now, dealing with my company. But right now I'm trying to get more funding up to get more trucks because I would like to move further out with it instead mm -hmm. of just sitting inside of uh, Florida and also being able to work with different facilities to have women and different people of different ethics who come and figure out what welding is. Because as I stated, I didn't even know what it was until, you know, a few years ago. I never had the opportunity to approach it and sometimes I feel like people don't even know what they want to do because they never even, they've never seen it. You know, they might be like, wow, this is cool. And this is what I want to do. And all they needed was the opportunity to, to actually see what it is. Yeah. So you, you kind of touched on this a little bit. What are like your future plans? Like, what are some things that you have going or, you know, what are like your dreams? Like, as far as like how far you can take this as like a career? Well, that's um, right now I'm hoping that I'll, I'll be able to make this welding uh, company a really big thing. Um, I'm praying that I will be able to branch out and deal with different companies like Carhartt and things of that nature um, to be and Lincoln uh, Electric, hopefully, um, with different welding machines where we can bring into different communities where they don't have these type of um, classes. Because from my understanding, welding came with home economics economics and things like that in different schools mm -hmm. and when I went to school I had I had never heard of welding and in my community or any of that there wasn't a lot about the blue collar trades especially dealing with the idea that women or you know uh, different people who don't come from that blue collar background actually can hear about it because a lot of times I hear about welders is always their granddaddy or uncle or their father was a welder somehow right. they got exposed to the life to know about it so to be able to bring these things out and the idea that you don't always have to go to college, you know, you don't have to always get the loan. It's a trade, you know, that you can have forever. Even if you want to do something else, you can go back to this. It's great money. You can pass it down to your kids. It's just a lot of my future is hopefully to educate more people about the, these trades, especially it seems like the older generation knows and a lot of the younger generation is going more towards technology. So we're having more of a, um, a problem with getting more blue collar workers in, especially younger age blue collar workers. So we're starting to have it where it's a gap in between when more workers are like 50 and 60 and we're not getting a lot of 20 and 30 year old laborers and people who want to get it in the mud. Yeah, you're definitely right. There aren't that many educational programs like that are 
consistent like as far as like the high school level goes because a lot of people said that you know they may have had a welding program but then they cut costs and then they like eliminate that program or schools struggle to get the funding to start a welding program and i i really think that you're spot on about it not being presented to girls too at the high school level because mm -hmm. like it was even like i mean i'm i'm only in my 30s so i'm not you know so old that i can still remember back in high school that it kind of was like known like okay you had wood shop and there were that was like a co-ed thing and like it was mandatory but whenever it got to the part like where you would go to like the votech school like there really weren't girls going to votech school the girls were going to like cosmetology cooking like those kind of things and it was mostly presented like to the guys like hey yes. you know, boys come over here they really need to cancel that you know, like right. we're, we're in cancel culture, right? And you know what I mean? Like right. cancel that idea. Like how about you get everybody in a room and get a welder to actually come to the school and like get the Lincoln trailer or get mm -hmm. whoever, Miller, whoever wants to go get a huge trailer, park it in the parking lot at the school, give all of the kids an opportunity to walk through there, put their hands on it so they can actually like see an arc strike. They can actually see somebody do it. They can possibly have the opportunity to do it. And that's like what we need. But I think it's just like such a huge effort that like we need more people like you who are, you see in your area that there is not anybody doing that. And then like, you need the resources you need, like, you know, you need a partner to bring you those things and then you need a presentation, but right. I think it's definitely possible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, we need it. And even though, even when you said like at the high school level, I actually went to a high school okay. and tried to talk to uh, young ladies from, uh, while I was a welder, we, I went with, um, the president, um, of the, of the career source that I was at. She was the one who was very proud of me and, you know, that I had become a welder. And when I spoke to most of the young ladies, you know, they were like, they prefer, they want to be a teacher or, or a nurse, you know, or, you know, stuff like that. It was like, it was like three or four categories that they all stuck to, you know, and they did not stray from it. And the thing is, I feel like me standing there saying I'm a welder, you know, they're like, yeah, okay, what is that? What do you do exactly? And I'm um, supposed to care about this. How? Yeah. <laughs> so, right. you know, and and when I did go to Career Source to get the welding uh, school, the young lady who was working there at the time, you know, she actually told me, are you sure you want to be a welder? You know, why not look at these other things? So, you know, some people, they do kind of try to deter you from it you know they feel like this it's not what you think it is you know you might not like this so why even try it it is it is really weird you know that is i don't know that is not a, a i guess seen as a frontier of things you know first things you come out hey do, would you like to be a welder or a construction worker and then say nurse and doctor <laughs> yeah or like it's i think it really even goes to the point that the student loans like school yeah. is so expensive. I mean, I, I went to college, like, mm -hmm. and I think about it, like nobody, 
told me, you know, like, Hey, you could go do this. Like even like the unions, like the pipe fitters, being an electrician, you know, a plumber, like even other skilled trades, like they're all not represented well, because like I was even trying to tell my nephew, he's not really like the, he just said, he's not the college type. That's literally what he told us. And we were trying to tell him like, why don't you go to the pipe fitters or go do something like where you could go, you know, you'll go to school. And the huge difference with that and going to like a college is when you go to college, you have to take English, two years of a foreign language, Mm -hmm. history, all these sciences Mm -hmm. and everything like that. But if you go to like a trade school, you're going to take the classes that only apply to what you are learning and what you're going to do in real life. And then you're not like, you know, if you hate math, I mean, you're still going to have to do some kind of math because that's just fabrication period. You have to be able to read a tape measure, you know, and all of those things. But nobody like really sits them down to say, you know, if you don't have help, if you don't have family members who are willing to sign for those student loans, because whenever you have like, uh, $50,000, you know, a year, you can only take out like X amount of dollars, like as a, like an 18 year old, you can't just go max out like all these student loans, you commonly need the parent to sign a parent plus loan. And then, you know, as soon as you're done with school, you have to start paying your loans right away and interest is accruing as you're in school. But if you go to a trade school, you can literally get done way faster and you don't carry that much debt and you can start working immediately. Whereas like somebody who ends up with like a random degree, they might be like, yeah, I graduated. And then they're like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> like, right. And what I also love about it idea is if you did go to trade school first, you could be working in a trade and then go to school and paying for your schooling. It's just, yeah. it's a whole bunch of stuff. You know, it's a whole bunch of opportunities. It's and it's quicker. Like you said, it doesn't cost as much money. Probably going about a year. I don't know. It just is. I just wish that opportunity was presented to me at the time. Also, if I only would have known, man, I feel like it would have been a game changer. Yeah, and you can keep going. There's room for you know advancement and things like that. Like you know, you can go to a simple class that's a couple of weeks long, like some kind of intensive program. Get your first certifications. Go get a job as a welder, and then you might decide like, oh, you know what? I want to learn how to pipe weld. You can go back. You can get those certifications, or if you want to get into TIG or other processes. I think that's important to share with them too, that it's not like, I don't know why I seem, I feel like it doesn't get a good reputation and it should. It really should. Honestly, like when you think about HVAC and construction, people all, they think about it's more general labor. Oh man, it's hard work. But now that you get older, like, you know what? I do wish I could build my own house. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Or I do wish I knew how to fix my own car. Cause I mean, think about these things now. These are great trades to have now. <laughs> when you're 18, 20, you don't think about it. Like, oh, man, they want us to work the death, you know, or being a bricklayer. My thing is these people are paid, okay? <laughs> First off, they're paid, and they know how to do stuff. When they get retired, they sit up here and build themselves a whole house or a fireplace and stuff. If you ever notice that people who are retired, the blue-collar workers, you know, they just go do all that stuff that they used to do for other people and just 
you know, <laughs> they know how to do it for themselves then. And then right. too, the people that don't have exposure to those kind of, you know, family members, like they don't have the, you know, brother or uncle or dad, like anybody can start that. Like you can start your own generativity, you know, where you decide that that's like your legacy you're going to leave behind. Like you go become a welder. You are, you're determined to become the best at your trade. You have all these skills. And then whenever you have children, then you like expose them to that. And then like, you might start a whole generation, like a whole, uh, family line of welders you know what I mean like right. I think that everybody should be like more positive about that too oh yeah exactly you know I, I actually showed my 18 year old how to weld a little bit you know I was very proud of the idea you know yeah. especially if he gets to welding to the point he can do like some basic welding that's the trade that I uh, gave down to him and say he doesn't want to go to college or want to do anything else and he's down on his luck or you know any of those things what he can do is go get a welding job and they're always hiring. And they can never take it away from you. you that's know, right. That's one thing, like once you become a welder, we were talking to the founder of Women Who Weld. It's actually in Michigan. And I was talking to her about this a couple of days ago, like how even like, uh, like women like in like a women's shelter, like say that there's somebody, but it doesn't have to be a woman. It could be a man who's out, who's down on his luck. Maybe like he lost his job and he has to go live at home with his parents again. And he's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like go, go start being a welder, get those certifications because you can always find work as a welder. And it's just something that I feel like can help pick somebody up and like pretty quickly get them on their feet. Not whereas like, you know, if you decide you want to go to be something else, like if you want to go do something that is going to take four years, that's four years. It yeah. can literally be less than a few months to get yourself up and, you know, get going. But yeah. we were talking yeah, about that. She was saying even in metro areas, like in Michigan, that one of the problems is for even like the homeless population is that they recruit them to go to like these like week long courses and to get exposed to welding but the problem is is that it's like a car driven city not really a bus city so they can get to the classes but then their problem is is that there's no manufacturing companies within the bus routes so then like then they can't get to and from work other than like uber and lyft and stuff and like those prices are skyrocketing so it's just like there's so many like ways around that stuff though i think that it really takes motivation and uh, i was just about to say that yeah because my car broke down it's amazing you said that um true story i was homeless um when i went to this welding class i was homeless at a shelter i had came there with a lot of stuff and stuff fell through and i, I mean i prepared myself as best as i could and i, I end up homeless and I had just graduated and my car was down. It was the middle of the summer and it was like five miles away from my shelter. And the lady uh, who, over Chris source had told me about a welding job that was only paying like $10 an hour. I got four kids. I was like, ma'am, I'm not coming down there <laughs> for no job paying no $10 an hour. I'm not going to be able to take, you know, support my kids. She was like, come down here anyway. You know, they see you, might be some other people. Just come anyway. And my car was not working. Listen, I had to put on some biker shorts and a t-shirt 
and I got on a bicycle, okay, not a bus, a bicycle. Yeah. And I rode that bike, lost my purse halfway, had to turn around, get the purse, <laughs> go up there. It was sweaty and soaking wet, sweaty. Had to go in the bathroom, wash up and change into my interview clothes and went in there to take that interview, regardless that it didn't pay enough. And you know what's crazy is that job is the job I end up getting. He ended up paying me double what, you know, what the, he was offering. And that's the job I end up, you know, going to and having my picture taken out and stuff and end up doing with the toughest nails while I was working there. I ended up buying a house from working that job. So like you said, sometimes it's just your determination and your motivation. I, I really didn't think the job was worth it. But at the same time, you know, I didn't have a job at all. So it was worth getting on a bike and trying to get my business handled instead of sitting there and just giving excuses. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right. Yeah, that's a huge theme that I hear from a lot of people that I interview and a lot of people that talk about there being a lack of welders and, you know, the younger generation, like, not having as much work ethic and things like that. Like we talk about that a lot. And like, we're to the point now where I've talked to so many people that it has my wheels turning. Okay. What can we do about it now? Like there's a lot of talking and I want to be somebody in, you know, well.com, you know, in the direction that we are going, we want to be a part of that about like doing something about it. So that's like where we're trying to go, which is why we're happy to have somebody like you a part of, you know, well.com and, you know, you sharing your story with us. I really appreciate that. And it's, it's going to be really good. Like as long as we keep our heads together, you know, keep thinking about things that we can actually do to get the word out there and, you know, present the information and a manner that's going to actually encourage them to, you know, start getting into the trade. then I think we're going to be in a better situation. Definitely. I see that's what I love about well.com. My hopefully purpose was to be able to try to, you know, build things that's more along, um, I don't know, simpler household type things. It's kind of funner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's more, I don't want to say women friendly, <laughs> but yeah, yeah a little bit easier the idea of making. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's good what you've done so far. You have a couple like small projects that you've done with us. And honestly, I like them because they're things that somebody could do who's not really a welder. And like, they might like, just like go get a little welder and just do Mm -hmm. it as a hobby. And then it Mm -hmm. might make them want to make a career change. Like there's no time. Yes. And you are never too old to change your ways. Like if you are unhappy in what you are doing, you can change your career at any given point. I'm living proof of that. (laughs) And it's just, you, you got to be happy doing what you're doing. So we can literally go back to what you said in the beginning. That is so important. People that do the day in and the day out just for a paycheck and you know, they're miserable. They, you know, or stressed out and things like that. It drives me crazy because I want to say like, okay, what, what do you want to do different? 
Do you need help finding another job? What do you think you would like to do? Like you have to thought provoke those people to get the wheels turning. Well, you know, you know what? I, honestly, I feel like sometimes people like to wait till they're being pushed off of the ledge instead of jumping. True. You know, That's like, oh, I got bills. I got stuff like that probably was for me. You know, I was grateful that honestly that I was at that homeless shelter. Now that I think back because it was a clean slate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me as a parent with four kids, then I, I probably would have switched careers so easily, you know, if I had all these bills to pay and things of that nature. Honestly, it, I'm grateful because it gave me the opportunity to say, you know what, stop, Lenny. You have no bills. You have nothing. Going. What would you like to do? What would make you happy? And go that route. And I feel like sometimes when people lose their jobs and things of that nature, instead of seeing the positive of, you know what, my glass is now empty. Now I can actually fill it with what I want to fill it. They, I feel like they go running frantically with this empty cup, just trying to fill it with anything. Like stop for a second. Now you actually have opportunity to do or go for whatever you really want to go for. I just feel like people panic and just don't do that. That is really insightful. I really love how you just said that. That was perfect. That's, you did have a clean slate and you made something like now that you're proud of and that you can pass on to your children and they, you know, have watched you do this and they know like the hard work it takes. Like that's one thing. Nobody's saying it's going to be easy. And I don't really necessarily, I would hate a job that was easy. Like that was like, I don't want to feel like a hamster on a wheel ever, like doing the same thing day in and day out. Like I like to have things that are like different or, you know, a challenge. And I don't know. I just like a variety of things. And I absolutely love the idea that I'm proud to say what I do. Yeah. Like they only had to ask me, you know, know I'm a welder, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They didn't ask you. Oh, well, you didn't have to ask. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I love that. I'm really happy that you were able to come on to the podcast and I really appreciated speaking with you. Tell everybody where they can find you if they wanted to find you on social media. Okay, so my social media handle is LKeyFit at L-K-E-Y-F-I-T on Instagram and it's uh, Lynette Key, L-I-N-N-E-T-T. K-E-Y on Facebook, but I also have my Wonder Welding, which is W-O-N-D-R Welding, W-E-L-D-I-N-G, L-L-C on Instagram. I don't have a lot on my Wonder Welding, but I, I really was trying to revamp it. But you know what? This interview actually helped me um, a lot. gave me more insight of where I want, needed to go with this. So I do, I do appreciate you, Jessica. You're awesome. Awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate talking to you and I will talk to you again soon. All right, you guys. Bye. All right. Bye.